And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know what those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Welcome back to the Dominion Podcast. We got uh, me, Jeremy. And, and big, Alex. Big Al over here. <laughs> <laughs> big Deaf Al, they call him. <laughs> he doesn't know that because he's never heard it. But. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it does. You can hear it when you get the headphones on. <laughs> That's if true. you wonder why we have the headphones on, uh, it's mostly just because they look cool. But also, uh, also I am deaf. Pretty also, much. he can't hear. Yeah, uh, very well, and this helps. It and does. It also keeps people from talking over one another. Yeah. during interviews. But uh, yes, welcome back to the Dominion Podcast. We've got a special guest tonight, Doctor uh, Doctor, <laughs> <laughs> the right the honorable <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> Jacob Raome Esquire the third. <laughs> Actually, is he a doctor? I don't think so. No. I think he's done his master's. Okay. But. What we call a master, Jacob Raome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're looking forward to getting uh, getting into that. We just had a real great interview with him. Yeah. What uh, What do you think about? Uh, we're talking about uh, local politics and from a biblical perspective, first thinking through, you know, Christians need to prioritize what is in front of them. They need to... Um, prioritize what the Bible says to prioritize. That's your yourself, your family, your church, your business, and the unbelieving world. The pagans like to focus on things that they're not called to yeah. at the expense of the things they are. Yeah. What's that famous uh, Milton Friedman quote a definition? Or maybe it was uh, uh, that other guy. Um, I can't remember his name, but uh, he said, "What the definition of a liberal is somebody who reaches into your shower and adjusts the temperature." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Dealing with other people's business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we yep. need the antidote to that. Yeah, that's that's basically all of politics right now. Is just, um, and this came up in our our interview is you know just the desire for people want to change things. Yeah, and so they go into politics to change things for other people yeah they don't try and change themselves they yeah. just try and change other yeah. people yeah it's a total inversion and so yeah one of the things we can do practically as christians is think through are there any godly people any god-fearing um men in our midst who would be willing to take up the charge to you know go into the swamp and take care of things so that we don't have to think about it you know we would love I would love to go back to the time where you don't think about politics because it doesn't have much to do with your life because the people who are involved are generally responsible and they do their jobs for the same way that your job doesn't impact my life because you do your job. And their job wasn't that, you know, important. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. What's important is what happens day to day in the life of every citizen. Yeah. What happens in the family, what happens in business, what happens in the church, this, like, these are the important things. This is real life. Yeah. But increasingly, as those things deteriorate, as we forsake Christ, well, then the solution ends up people look to the 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 idol of the state to fix all of our problems, mm. which it cannot. So we need yeah. to get behind people who recognize that, who don't expect the state to be God, who will attempt to limit its power and be a faithful witness. And if they're not, we discipline them. 
And uh, if they are faithful witness and get disciplined by the state for it, so be it. Yep. They're in good company. Spare the rod, spoil the MP. Is yeah, that what they're <laughs> That's it, man. I think that's in there somewhere. I don't know. I may have gotten confused with that. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll uh, we'll get over to that interview. Hope you guys enjoy that. Here we go. All right. Well, uh, welcome back, Pastor Jacob Rayom. You're becoming uh, an alumni on the show now, I guess. <laughs> what was it called when you're more than a regular guest? If I had a dime for every time I was on the Dominion podcast. <laughs> you could buy half a coffee. <laughs> you're an adjunct. Uh, we'll yeah, call you an adjunct. adjunct. I don't know all the big uh, seminary terms. You know, you guys help me out here. You're just a blue collar guy. I'm just a working guy. You know, what do I know? <laughs> but yeah, it's good to have you back, Jacob. And uh, Jacob is a friend of the podcast. He is the pastor of Trinity Bible Chapel in the Waterloo region. And um, before we get into the topic of discussion, we want to talk about local politics today. And we want to get into Christian engagement at the local level. Um, but before we do that, do you want to give us, I'm sure you're kind of sick of talking about it, but can you give us a very brief summary of the recent decision that you and your church received in regards to your, your, uh, COVID fines, et cetera? Yes. All, all of our COVID fines are now resolved so we can close that chapter and put it behind us. Thank God. And and we move on to bigger and better things, brighter horizons ahead. Good. As, ex- as exciting of a time as that was, we all my personal fines, all the personal fines of our elders were all dropped, and then uh, they charged us uh, $38,000 plus a 25% victim surcharge, so you're going to hit about $50,000 with that. Um, to the church, as a corporation, as an entity, um, we entered a not guilty plea, but uh, we did agree to a statement of facts, mm-hmm. essentially you know, saying stuff I'd already said on the internet, and um, yeah, that's where we're at. It's done. So yeah. you got to pay twenty five percent fee to be a victim in Canada. Is that is that what that is? <laughs> well, the, you understand that I am the victimizer. <laughs> yes, the church has victimized the government in oh. this whole endeavor. Oh, right? poor! I feel I feel sorry for them. Man, I hope. <laughs> I mean, if I they need the money, they can just print it, right? Yeah, <laughs> or steal it. I mean, same thing. Steal it, print it. They yeah. do whatever they want. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what they're doing. They are stealing it. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. yeah right? Weren't you saying this week? You realized there was an article that said the average household pays forty six percent. Income tax. My my income tax bracket this year was forty eight percent. So that's gosh. that's on top of once I get the money, I still have to buy stuff with it, which I pay tax on. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Yeah. So basically, the government owns sixty percent of my labor. Yeah, that's yeah. bizarre. Anyway, that's a topic it's, for it's, another day. It's very evil. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, thieves and pirates. Thieves and pirates. Yeah. We should make a shirt that says that. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> But we're happy to have you back, and we are happy to see this resolved. It was nice. Yes. Um, I read your your post on your church's website, kind of uh, summarizing and then moving on. And uh, you know what? In God's providence, obviously, your church has been blessed through this. And I mean, I, I wouldn't have even known you, probably, except because of this. And, um, you know, the Lord works 
in mysterious ways. Mm. And he uses our troubles and our trials and the difficulties to refine us and to, and to work blessings far beyond what we will ever come to know and see. Mm -hmm. So, um, we're thankful for you and, and, uh, thankful to move forward. There's lots of work to do. Yeah. Speaking uh, of which. Yeah. You want to, want to plug the conference? Yeah. We have a conference coming up that, uh, Jacob is speaking at. We are going to be in Peterborough, February 8th to 10th. It's a call to build. And again, our, our desire is to kind of move past the last three or four years and set a vision for the next 50. You know, what could, what, what should we be thinking about as Christians, as husbands, as uh, churchmen, business owners, educators, all of these things. Now, what do we do? Yeah. And there's enough ink that's been spilled and words have been said about reacting to the, you know, the crisis around us. Now we need to say, look, what's a 50-year vision? What's a 100-year vision? Multi-generational. So uh, Pastor Jacob will be there sharing with us, amongst others, got some great breakouts. And yeah, we're hoping that the Lord uses it and that we will look back on these days together as uh, with great fondness, say that, yeah. you know, God really did a good work and set us on a good trajectory. So yeah. we'll include a link to register below and we hope to see you there. But uh, let's let's get to the topic at yeah. hand. I don't know how you want to start the discussion. But. Well, we want, to, we want to talk about local politics and speaking about where we can engage moving forward. Where should we put our energies? Where should we put our money? Where should we put our resources? Um, and we need to we need to think biblically about this. And one of the defining, I would say, differences between a pagan worldview and a Christian worldview is that a pagan worldview is defined by the, um, you know, constant grab it, grasping for power. Mm. And um, politics is fundamentally the exercise of power, you know, in one sense. And so it makes sense that the pagans are always clamoring for what Jesus referred to as the upper sea. They, they want to be at the top of the food chain. They want to be at the levers of power and control. But they do this at the expense of um, other God-ordained authority and responsibility structures. So, you know, unbelief tends towards totalitarianism. This is not, you know, we talk about communism, we talk about, you know, Islam and all of these totalitarian systems, but they are just really themselves the fruit of unbelief, what the Bible calls unbelief. So it's not, totalitarianism is not a symptom of any particular ideology. It's a symptom of the sinful, fallen human heart grasping for authority it does not possess, seeking to control that which it cannot control, which only God can, usurping the limits of creatureliness. That's what totalitarianism is. So I'm not trying to be too philosophical here, but one of the practical outworkings of this is that there is an inordinate concern in the public consciousness with, say, federal politics or even provincial politics, um, things that are, if we didn't watch our TV and if we didn't have the internet, we would really not know much about, well, now we do because yeah. of the taxes and all of their, you know, the ways that they intrude into our lives. But um, in previous generations in Canada, you didn't really know what the feds were doing, right? You What you cared about was... Who's the local representative in my municipality? Who's the mayor? Who's the librarian? Who runs the corners? You know, these type of things. You cared about who's, those people. Who's on the school board? Who's on the school board? Um, 
And and this is not just this is what I'm trying to say is is this concern with the local is something that we need to return to as Christians. And we need to not get sucked into a kind of pagan view of culture that is only after the highest seat of power. We need to recognize that the secret places, you know, um, a, a, a household that prioritizes going single income and taking the sacrifices in order that a wife can raise her children and be home and, you know, taking the risk of owning your own business and seeking to produce something, being involved in your local congregation. Uh, this is an impulse that Christians need to um, really pick up. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I've noticed even in the, you know, the quote unquote freedom movement world, there is, there can be an inordinate concern with things that are completely out of our control while, while you overlook things that we could be yeah. taking responsibility in. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you agree with that, Jacob, that basically a Christian view, a Christian outlook on the world should be concerned more with what's in front of it. What, what can be controlled? I and, agree. Yeah. I agree. What, what has God given you responsibility over? And as he gives you responsibility over things and you're faithful with that responsibility, more authority tends to flow your way. So mm-hmm. you take responsibility. People have more respect for you. You have more authority. You have more responsibility. You're faithful with it. People have more respect for you. You have more authority. This is kind of the way it is. So you start with your, your family, you start with your home, mm-hmm. you move into your workplace and, um, and your fate, your own personal finances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, and, and yes, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it totally makes sense. And it's scriptural. Yeah. So um, go I th- ahead. I th- well, I just think a lot of people have a distaste of politics in general. Um, and I think it, it leads them to either ignore it or, um, just consider it sort of like a dirty thing that maybe Christians shouldn't be involved in. And uh, I, I'd say there's maybe a part justification to that, but at the same time, it's like if if everybody in a specific profession was a was a snake, you know, that wouldn't make that profession by default a, a dirty thing. It just mm-hmm. means the people in it have problems. So uh, I think there, our reaction to that shouldn't be, well, maybe Christians shouldn't have anything to do with that, but mm-hmm. maybe we, we need to get in there and, and do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. And go ahead, Jacob. Well, the Bible calls the, the magistrate a minister of God. Yeah. So it's, it is a good profession to mm-hmm. be involved in. And so long as the person is um, bringing honor to the office and not reproach upon it, it's, I think it's a noble task. It's a noble job. Yeah. So moving away from general concepts um, that Christians should be concerned with local, I think one point of application coming out of a, um, you know, the uh, basically we're still under an authoritarian regime, and that was um, kind of exposed more so during the uh, the shamdemic era. One of the things that we've we've come to realize and we should think about more is that there's a great need for godly lesser magistrates. And so that is people who are God-ordained. So Romans Romans 13 doesn't just apply to Caesar. Um, you know, the the servant of God is anyone who's also delegated on behalf of Caesar and who speaks as a, um, as a former representative of the state. 
And so in Canada, you know, we have federal, we have provincial, we have municipal as well. And I mean, I remember reading about, I think there was a mayor in the GTA. I don't know if it, it's not Brampton, but there was a, a, a Christian and he would go out to the protests and stuff and he used his voice. Um, obviously he was very overpowered, but it made me think, wow, what, what good could have been done if mayors, you know, if mayors said, yeah, no, the health unit is not running our city. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not delegating all of our, um, the authority that we've been given uh, as elected representatives to the cat ladies, right? Like what would have changed if they just <laughs> didn't go along with it? I mean, Rosanna, our local representative who stormed our church and conducted an investigation illegally, literally committed two criminal offenses, blatant liar. Um, you know, I saw her name on a ticket in the church basement that, you know, they, these ladies used to check for salmonella. And all of a yeah. sudden, they're given the <laughs> reins of authority, like literally the most powerful person in a hundred square mile, you know, radius Amen. of a hundred miles. Uh, but what would have been different if our mayor just said, "Look, respectfully, this is your lane. This is our lane. You stay in yours, and we'll work together on this." But but everything just collapsed. So I think my personal observation is that Christians need to not be tempted to look immediately to the to all of our energy into federal politics. We need to look around our churches, our communities, um, our social networks and say, is there a godly person here that can step up into a, a local role? Because they can be someone that we rally behind in a lawful way should something like this happen again. And I mean, Jacob, we've talked about this before too briefly, I think, in one of our conversations, but in church history, this has been what the church has actually done. That's um, right. Like th this has been a tactic of Christians in the past as a buffer against tyranny. Well, if you, if you hadn't had various lesser magistrates that took a stand for freedom and liberty, you wouldn't have had, I mean, in some cases, the survival of the church. God yeah. has providentially used magistrates to, and, and that's their job. They're, the Bible says they're supposed to be nursing fathers to the church. So they're, they're supposed to provide a perimeter around the church in which she can operate mm -hmm. and function properly. And because we have had those in, in, in history, you know, God's providentially used it to preserve his church on earth. And you can name them. Mm -hmm. Some of these magistrates that have been used mightily of God yes. for the advancement of the gospel and the preservation of the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're seeing this play out right now, even with Danielle Smith in Alberta, um, you know, she's not a believer, but she and Scott Moe, for example, in Saskatchewan are two premiers at a provincial level who are resisting um, what they consider to be unlawful attempts and intrusions by the federal government. Well, this is built into our system of governance. It's a lawful tactic on their part. Uh, and it's a good thing. And even just, I think, today or yesterday in response to the news that the federal government um, acted illegally and unconstitutionally in the invocation of the Emergency Act. Oh, they just made a boo-boo. Yeah, they just it wasn't illegal. They just made a boo-boo. Right. Well, they uh, uh, Alberta came out and released a statement. Well, this is a great example of the good that a lesser magistrate can do. It can be a buffer against evil, and it can be a protection for the people underneath its care. And um, so maybe we'll get into the details with you, Jacob. So you have someone in your congregation, 
I don't think we have anyone that we know of locally who I would get behind. Not that I know no, of. No, I don't. I, there's a few and far between, but you you seem to have someone in your congregation who you can uh, you could you could get behind. Why don't you explain? Maybe introduce us to them. The Conestoga Kitchener riding is the riding that I live in, and it's also the riding that the church yeah. finds itself in. And so, the way the way federal politics works is you have your riding, and then the the political parties within the riding they have to nominate their the person that they're going to run. And mm-hmm. so, right now, it hasn't been announced yet, but we're moving into the Conservative Party for for Conestoga Kitchener, um, announcing a nomination eventually, and. Mm-hmm you will have to have, there'll be some candidates that will, that will run. And then, and then the candidate who gets the most votes from conservative party members will then represent this riding in the next federal election. And if they get the votes, then we'll go to Ottawa. Mm -hmm. We live in a very interesting riding because it's a bit of a bellwether riding. There's, it's very rural. Um, You know, we might have the last Bible belt in Canada or at least Mm -hmm. in Ontario Mm -hmm. in this riding, but yet there's parts of it that stretch into Kitchener. Um, so there, that, that might be a little more left leaning. So it, it can kind of, it kind of goes either way. Mm. And it usually, I think whatever happens in Ottawa, as far as if there's a conservative government in Ottawa, there's typically a conservative candidate here. If there's a liberal mm. government in Ottawa, there's typically a liberal candidate here. So anyway, there's a man in our church who has, uh, decided to run for the nomination mm. of the local, uh, conservative party. His name's Doug Trelevin. And, um, he's, he's, he's in his mid forties and he sold a very successful tech company last year and he's been trying to figure out what to do now. And uh, he's always been interested in politics. And so he's, he's going to give a run at it is, uh, an attempt to get nominated for the conservative party. And then if, if he's nominated to run in the next federal election mm-hmm. and hopefully get in into Ottawa. And so he's been invested in our congregation for a long time. And, um, we, you might know that the, there was a church that gave us this building that was Northside Baptist yes. Church that gave us our building. Well, Doug was involved with Northside Baptist Church since the mid-90s. And so okay. and then I first met him, I think it was probably in, two, in 2019 when Northside decided to give us their building. So, um, yeah, it, it's kind of a, it's actually kind of exciting to watch the whole thing unfold and yeah. And to have someone uh, that we're connected with uh, involved in this whole process. So one of the questions, I mean, this came to my mind too, is that there's, at least for me, if I'm thinking about who I'm voting for, I'm thinking about two main things. I'm thinking about the particular individual, and then I'm also thinking about the party that they're affiliated with. And in some ways, those are inseparable, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, if, if I had, you know, an individual who was, openly supportive of the Liberal Party and, you know, which condones, I mean, I guess every political party has the issue of abortion, but there are certain social issues that it's just, I'd want to push and say, like, what are you thinking about this? How can you be participating in this? But how do you, go ahead. I just don't think, I don't think you can be a conscientious Christian and vote NDP or Liberal. Yeah. I I, I just can't see how you can do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that there, that within the conservative party, there might still be room for that. Specifically, if you have a local candidate running that you're that you like, yeah. And I mean, we could talk about how that works if you want. But I'm well, sure we're gonna. But. Well, I'm curious. I'm I am curious how that works and how much freedom of conscience there is, right? So what what good is voting for a, a godly individual if they won't be you know free to exercise their their conscience. Yeah. 
Yeah, right? I find it hard to believe like that every single federal conservative MP agreed with Bill C six. Yeah, but none of like none of them voted against it. Are so you talking about Bill C four? Sorry, maybe it was C four. Uh, the the uh, conversion therapy one um, a yeah. couple of years back uh, where they just unanimously voted for this thing. Yeah. But it, it's not like they all would think that, but somehow they got whipped into into voting for it. Well, I think a bunch of them didn't show up, which to me, if you don't show up for work, you shouldn't get paid and you shouldn't have a job. So they should have been there and showed up and voted against <laughs> it. So hey, they, they, were, they were a bunch of pansies. I mean, the whole lot of them were in that aspect. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. No What's doubt. wrong with every, every one of them. Yeah. That, you know, and, and I mean, I, I, to be quite frank, I haven't voted conservative since Harper. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I didn't vote when O'Toole ran and I didn't vote when Andrew Shear ran. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I voted um, people's party mm-hmm. and, and because I've been sorely disappointed mm-hmm. um, with the conservative party platform. Mm-hmm. Now I've always said though, I was that was back when I lived in Cambridge. So we sim- we moved to a new riding, and and Harold Albright used to hold this riding mm-hmm. up here, mm-hmm. who was a conservative evangelical. Used to be a pastor actually, and I and I would have voted for him even if, um, even if it was under Aaron O'Toole or um, Andrew Shear, mm-hmm. simply because like I understand how this this government the government's put together, and so Andrew Shear, you know, O'Toole. Kolyev, all these guys, they represent ridings, right? So mm-hmm. they're, they're members of parliament representing a riding. And whoever you send to Ottawa from your riding represents your riding. They're yeah. your representative. Yeah. And so really, when you cast a vote, you're looking for someone who will represent you. Yeah. Right? So who represents you when you, when you cast that vote? Yeah. And, and so I want someone that's going to, you know, carry with them a level of, of conservatism in the best sense of the word and, 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 a, and a, with a libertarian flair, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's you, we, we, the three of us would think alike on that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so I didn't vote for when O'Toole ran, I didn't vote when Shear ran because I didn't like either one of those guys mm-hmm. and I didn't like the candidates that were running locally. Mm-hmm. So I said, forget it. I'm not going to be bothered with that. Mm-hmm. But I am I am enthusiastic, and I'm excited to see where this goes with uh, with Doug Trelevin because I think that um, I think that he he you know he's an honest guy he's 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 not beholden to anyone he's you know I've known him for a while and he's invested in our church so you, you kind of have an idea where uh, of what he's thinking on particular issues mm-hmm. so you know these. And then if it, if it comes down to a point of crisis, like we had in 2021 or 2020 with the COVID, I think you want someone in there that's, that has a level head on their shoulders as opposed to um, the cowards that we had for the most part. There was a few politicians uh, across Canada and even Ontario that spoke out. Yeah, that's true. And we, we were glad for those politicians. Weren't yeah, we? yeah, that's true. Yeah. We weren't glad for the parties that they, they were with, mm-hmm. but they mostly got kicked out of those parties. Yeah, they did. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So we were glad that they had those seats when we went through a point of crisis. So I don't think we're heading into a season as an, as a country where we're going to have less crises. I think we're going to have more crises mm-hmm. because it's just such a country, such a deplorable state right now. So I think you want someone in there that you kind of trust their judgment and they have a proven level of judgment. So th- these are things that you have to think of um, as you, as you consider who you're going to stand behind and, and cast your vote for. 
Yeah, and you make you. I think one of the implications of what you're saying is you want someone who will vote their conscience, you know, in line with scripture and just take the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can say, well, you know, he's this, this the conservative party is has a particular policy you're not in line with. It's like, okay, well, we'll see if which way they vote, right? And if they mm-hmm. vote in line with what they believe to be true and what is true, then we'll see what the consequences are. And if, mm-hmm. you know, you I think it's better to have someone with nothing to lose as well. Yeah. I mean, if there's a if this guy is not like I've been in politics since I was 16 and I'm hoping for a pension, like if if this guy was you want someone who if they got fired tomorrow, then it doesn't matter, right? And I think that that it, that's a buffer against the undue pressure of, you know, keeping your job. Mm. But it's like he's allowed to vote however he wants, just like any MP. Now there's there's pressure and there may be consequences for how he votes, but he can he can literally as a man vote whichever way he wants to. So maybe maybe that's what we need to do. It's like, yeah, the, the conservative party has a ton of problems and they need to change a lot of policies. And there's a lot of cowards and the majority of people are cowards and they're corrupt. It doesn't mean that some good man can't go in there and vote in a godly way and mm-hmm. lead in a way that represents his constituents. And then, you know, you see what happened. Yeah, you may get fired, but you may also inspire other people to be courageous as well. Yeah. 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 And we've seen that and, and we've seen the value of of good leadership in a crisis, which Mm -hmm. we lacked, Mm -hmm. right? Like the leadership had to come from pastors and truckers and then a few politicians that, that were willing to stand on their own during the the last season. So I, you know, you want someone that has some character that's showing you they have some character that, that is honest, that like you said, can't be bought. And, and, you know, I think one of the things you want to do with the politicians that you send, whether it's to Ottawa or Queens park, is you want to vote for them and you want to send them there and you don't want to worry about them. Yeah. Like I got my own job to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. I got, I've got six kids. I've got a growing church to take care of. Yeah. I shouldn't be thinking about politics all the time because the people that we're sending are people who have, you know, they have sound and reasonable judgment. Yeah. And, and therefore we don't need to be terribly concerned about what's going on. And the reason we are concerned about what's going on is because the overwhelming majority of them, are people who want to stick their face in the public trough mm-hmm. are people who, you know, they want to, this makes them feel like, Oh, look, I've arrived. I found a seat in the house of commons. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, and so you, you don't want that. Mm-hmm. You want people that are there for the public good because they care about what's going on. They're concerned about the future of the country. They're concerned about the next generation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you, you should be able to send people to Ottawa and, and not, and not worry about, too much about them. But the problem is, is the people that are in Ottawa right now, you're worried all the time about them. Yeah. Yeah. What are these people up to next? Yeah. I think that goes along with the kind of idolatry of politics that you were talking about earlier, like that pagan Mm -hmm. ideal, Mm -hmm. you know, progressives and liberals, they, they have an idea of what they want to achieve like societally. Mm -hmm. And they go, they go into politics to change things. Yeah. Right. That's the impulse is like change hope, you know, like these are the slogans they love, but Mm -hmm. You know, our our slogan should be like, kind of do your job and and leave me alone and fire exactly. fire three quarters of the public servants. You know, like like you said, like 
people people of our ilk generally just like you said, I, I got a job to do. I have family to take care of. I want to go to my job and take care of my family and mind my own business, not in a not in a selfish. I don't care about my neighbor sort of way, but no. in a, I have primary responsibility sort of way. And I don't I want care to... about my neighbor by taking care of my responsibilities. Right. So let me get somebody who's who, in office who who's sound who's of sound judgment, who understands universal principles of justice, who's demonstrated that they have thrift and know how to manage a budget mm-hmm. and and then have at her. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like who like I, I, I have staff that report to me mm-hmm. in, in our church. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing all day. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't ask them mm-hmm. because they're people of sound judgment. Yeah. So you hire people who are capable of doing the job and you say, have at her guys. And yeah. that's what you want in politics. And we don't have that right now. And so I think to, to circle back to your question about uh, Doug, who is running locally and, and who is an, invested in our church. I think that's, I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the questions I had, too, in re- the relationship between the church and state, um, someone who is uh, involved, say you you have a member of your church who's a member of parliament, uh, they wear multiple hats, just like we do. You know, I'm a pastor, I'm also a husband, you know, I'm on the school board, I'm a business owner, part of the Dominion podcast, like all of these things, right? And I have different responsibilities depending on what hat I'm wearing, a different authority, well, someone who's a member of parliament is still responsible to their spouse as a husband, right? So they're not off the hook. If someone goes to Ottawa and decides that, you know, all the pretty girls like a man in a suit and whatever, he's still responsible <laughs> to his wife. And the same goes for a church. So, I mean, if you had, if this guy or another guy, you know, God forbid, um, was to do something super shady, you know, something that a Christian cannot do, a disciplinable offense. And I actually think, you know, casting your lot, for example, in support of, say, abortion or casting your lot in support of gay marriage, like that's a disciplinable offense. Oh, yeah. They should be put under de- church discipline yes. for sure for that. So yeah, that totally. was my question. That You, you yeah. see them, they're not above church discipline, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're mis they're making a blight. Like we're supposed to adorn the gospel, and then so someone that's going to go and enact godless laws is becoming a reproach to the gospel, and and the church needs to confront that. Yeah, and I think part of the problem of lawlessness in our culture is that there is no discipline. There's no discipline. There's no discipline in the, in the churches, so there's no discipline no. anywhere. There's no right? discipline in the it's churches. Just complete lawlessness. Yes. So if yeah. you have an MP who's a member of a church, they are subject to obviously to God, but functionally um, they're subject to the discipline of that church as well. And that's actually, that's actually a good limiting Mm. factor, a God ordained limiting factor. And which should be true in all of our lives. Like this isn't just for the politics. Like I should be accountable to my church. You should be accountable to your church. Like we should all be accountable to our church Mm -hmm. and undergo the discipline of God else, you know, lest we're not legitimate children. Yeah, You don't come out from the, uh, the authority of your elders because now you work for the government. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That doesn't make any sense. No, you're just adding one other sphere of responsibility that you have, but you Mm -hmm. still have responsibility to your church. And but it, but and, it, and it's like anything in, in life, right? Like if, if someone in the church is running a corrupt business, they're going to put it, put under church discipline. Yeah. If someone in a, yeah. 
right? It, it, if someone in the church is running his home poorly, beating his wife, he's going to be put under church discipline. Yeah. And so, it, I mean, you're supposed to be asserting the Lordship of Jesus Christ wherever you go. And so that, I mean, this shouldn't really surprise anybody. No. They, if, if somebody's invested in a church community, they're accountable to the community that they're invested in. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about when, when it, if, if you have a, if you have a group of Christians that are sending somebody to represent your community, whether it's Queens Park or Ottawa, and they're surrounding that person and they're the, and they're part of the groundswell that gets them there. Yeah. Well, guess what? They're also going to be part of the groundswell that keeps them there. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so if, if they start getting their, you know, if they start becoming agitated with what the representative is doing and what he's standing for, he's going to hear about it and they'll, they'll become a bit of a burr under a saddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, and that's one of the things that's one of the crisis we have is there's no consequences. Again, mm-hmm. this is another pagan idea, right? There's no consequences for your decisions. Mm-hmm. And even now, it remains to be seen what what's going to happen to the government now that the courts yeah. have ruled that they that they um, committed a crime, that they did something yeah. illegal, and of, of such a heinous level. Like this is the War Measures Act; they declared war against their own citizens over parking violations. But there's no accountability. It's like, well. If Christians are in politics, there is accountability. If they're part of a local church, there's and they have a and they have a conscience. I'll give you a, here's an example. So when we went when we were in the first lockdown in 2020, yeah, I I knew a a, a member of provincial parliament. I'm not going to mention this individual's name because I don't think it's it's necessary that we need to do this. But the I, I called this individual on the phone and i said you realize that the premier of ontario is not letting god's people worship and you're complicit in it and guess what happened to pharaoh and to his henchmen when they wouldn't let god's people worship he mm-hmm. killed their firstborn sons mm-hmm. do you really want to be involved in that mm-hmm. and then and then this particular representative um eventually defected against ford mm-hmm. so uh, no i'm not saying my my strong words did that but the defection occurred within weeks of that happening. Yeah. So maybe it did. Maybe it rattled that individual enough. But you want somebody in there who has a fear of God. Yeah. So that when that moment of testing comes, and this is what you're actually going to be known for, mm-hmm. that you're you're siding on on principle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how do you know if someone has a fear of God? You know they do by their track record and how they've handled their lives beforehand and, you know, their honesty and how they've what they've done. So I, these are all important things. Like the, the, to me, the conservative party is like the, it's kind of like the, um, I mean, the, the NASCAR driver needs somebody to sponsor him to get around the track. So he, <laughs> he puts, he puts tied our Bud Light, uh, hopefully not on the side of his, <laughs> not <Bud laughs> on the Light. side of his NASCAR. And then he gets around the track, but eventually, but I mean, he's the guy behind the wheel, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, and you you know he's not drinking Bud Light at home. <laughs> <laughs> Just drinking regular Bud. You know? I wouldn't vote for someone that drunk Bud Light. Yeah, for it's- sure. <laughs> There's a, yeah, that's just a step too far. Yeah, that's just that's that's another world. Yeah, we don't go down that road. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's some good stuff to think about. I'm I'm trying to rack my brain here if I have any more questions about that. 
But it's but people need to understand how the process works, right? Like okay. so, so the process is if he, I mean, if you guys have a candidate that's running and they want to get nominated by the Conservative Party, you actually have to have people that buy Conservative memberships, mm-hmm. and then they vote for him when the nomination is called up, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, you got to drop fifteen bucks on a Conservative membership, so you kind of hold your nose to that, but it's the price of playing the game, right? Yeah, and. And, and you do it. So I, I mean, I, and I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. If you have a candidates running to get involved with the party that they're running in, you like them and then you vote for them and you get them nominated. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's what I'm, I mean, I've, I've been careful because I'm trying to walk the line as enthusiastic as I am. I am trying to walk the line. Like I've been in a, I'm not, I'm not selling conservative memberships from the pulpit. That's for sure. I haven't yeah. done that. And I, and I haven't done it in, I haven't done it at all, really. Mm-hmm. But I, but I do think that that this is something that people should consider. Yeah, you know. Well, and Jesus kind of brings up this print because a lot of Christians have the understandable conscience issue of their relationship to bad people. Okay, and what at what point is my support complicit in wickedness? But Jesus, um, when asked about taxes and whether or not they should pay them, I mean, he was he was there was a trick that was being run on him as a trap rather, but um, it was a potential, it was the only reason it was a potential trap is because there is a, a moral dilemma here or a perceived moral dilemma. It's like, look, if you pay taxes to Caesar and he does these bad things, are you not complicit? But Jesus in saying render to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God's is saying, amongst other things, this isn't his main point, but what's implicit is there is a limit to our responsibility in what Caesar does with his money. Okay, so like my duty as a Christian is to pay my taxes, but what happens when the dollar leaves my house and to some degree is not my responsibility, or I'll say my responsibility does end somewhere. Because some Christians feel that, and so they feel like, you know, there's no way I'm giving $15 to this party because then I'm complicit with what they do. It's like, well, you can't really untangle society that way. Like, do you pay income tax? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, we you, know what our tax money goes towards. Yeah, like, you you already pay taxes. So, I think— Like, for, it's a bit of a—it is a bit of a scam the way they set it up. But the thing is, that's the way they set it up. So, yeah. if you want to play the ball, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, you do it. Yeah. And, and like I said, like I haven't, I haven't really pushed this very hard. If people ask me what they think about about him, I tell them, which is what I told you, and and that's and that's kind of where I'm at. But I, I you know, we pray for him and so on. But I, I do think that that Christians should be involved in this process. Yeah. And if we if we completely isolate ourselves from the political process, then where's the political process go? We're supposed to be a preserving element society. Yeah. And then you're just basically handing the thing over to pagans to. To you know, maybe that day will come when there yeah. will be no Christians left in federal politics. Yeah, maybe it will come. I don't think we're there yet. Mm-hmm. I think I, my understanding is that the local riding association for the Conservative Party is mostly Christians. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a positive thing. Yeah, right. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's a restraining element. I think the biggest problem we have with a lot of what's going on in in conservative politics and the number of people that are involved in the Conservative Party who profess Christian to be Christians is is what they're being taught in their churches. Yeah. And so they don't even, they, they don't, they haven't come to the understanding of how to think through politics and statecraft from a, from a biblical perspective. And, and then they quite often see um, 
compromise in their churches and then they're taught implicitly that that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's okay to kind of make a halfway statement about something that really matters mm-hmm. um, or, or pull a punch. Mm-hmm. But it, so you want, you know, that if, if politics are going to change, the church has to change, but the church has to, and when I talk about the church, I'm not talking about the institution or the corporation. I'm talking about the people. Yeah. The Christians have to get involved in the political game mm-hmm. and be part of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not super involved, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll cast my vote. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'd rather just manage my family and my church, but I, I mean, I want to do my part. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you said, if you want to stop thinking about politics, one of the best things you can do is try to get someone in there that you can trust. You can delegate right. that time and effort and energy to and not think about it. I mean, we have right. biblical precedent for this too. I think of Daniel or yeah. uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego or Queen, yeah. Queen Esther. I mean, yeah. there's... There's, there's a lot of examples of, of this, especially in those contexts where they were... Well, they were uh, probably righteous pagans. Th- well, <laughs> they were they were righteous, for sure. No, but, I mean the governments they oh, served. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the, was it... Uh, uh, who uh, Nebuchadnezzar gave Daniel the name of his god, right? Ahasuerus, didn't he right. call him that? Right, <laughs> and he took it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, we need to think more locally. We need to be concerned with our immediate responsibilities as God defines them, and uh, our families, our actual neighbors. You know, mm-hmm. remember those the people who live beside us, the people we work with day in and day out the people who we purchase goods from. Um, and one of the ways that we show concern for them is we try to ensure that someone who is trustworthy, capable, God-fearing uh, represents us. And uh, there's a lot of potential values for this in a very bad situation, in a crisis, but even just positively day-to-day. I mean, let's let's work towards getting to the place where we all just do our jobs and don't think about it. Well, that's not going to happen if we give the reins to the pagans, because all they want to do is be involved in every single inch of our lives. That's and, right. Uh, if we want them not to be, then put somebody in place who has no interest in doing that. Yeah. Was that and, famous? And we uh, can't. We can't. We can't use the arm of the flesh. Like we can't exhaust ourselves in this, and we can't yeah. see politics as our as our savior. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I've I've got so many things to do. Like I'm not. This isn't. This isn't my life. Like. I, Right, I got. I want to study my Bible. I want to pray. I want to visit people in my church. I mean, yeah. you guys have probably both have long days doing what, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to, you know, I want to put my foot forward, and I want to, and I want to be counted as yeah. a is a responsible citizen doing my part to see if at at least I can inch us away from the from the cliff that we're falling into for a little while longer to give us some room to breathe and mm-hmm. and and disciple a few more people before the whole thing goes kaboom. And yeah, and then we're, then we're in a mop up operation for a long time. <laughs> mop up operation. Right. Oh, Which is where we're heading. <laughs> yeah, we, we may be this, the Irish just uh, waiting. It I out. mean, there is a, there was a part of me that used to think, well, maybe I should just vote NDP to get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> right. Surprise. Maybe I should, yeah, maybe maybe we should get behind the the, the new Democrats just because it's because right now it's like ripping a band aid off really slowly. Yeah, so let's yeah. just rip it off quick, right? Yeah. But, but no, I, I do think the Bible the Bible doesn't tell us to do that. We're we no. need to we need to be a preserving element in society, yeah. and so that's part of being involved in the process. Well, and part of that is being ready for if you know if it does go that way, which it seems like it's going to, you know, barring mm-hmm. a massive revival or move of the spirit uh part part of our responsibility is to be ready for when that happens 
All right. right. We got we got to preserve yeah. uh, faithful churches and schools and all these other things uh, to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's going to have to teach the kids math, you know, yeah. after math is called racist and yeah. they burn all the math books or whatever. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add to that, Jacob. But uh, I, is that no, right? I just, no, I think this is a this is a good conversation, and and it's an encouragement for people to to be involved in this whole process that we're going through. And mm-hmm. I, I think every every little piece that we do is is beneficial. We can't all do a whole lot, but everyone should should have a part to play in the political process because of. It's part of being a, a loving neighbor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amen. Hey, man, we look forward to seeing you in person very soon. Yeah, I can't wait to be down Peterborough Way. It's been a while since I've been out there. So you don't hear that. I'll people say that a lot. I can't wait to be down <laughs> Peterborough Way. But well, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say? That's right. <laughs> yeah, the lift lock's great. Yeah. I go for the people. There's That's some good right. people down that way. That's so I'm, right. I'm I'm heading out there for the people. Great. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking time. And uh, for those who are able to, um, you know, consider getting involved, consider supporting a brother. And um, for those who are unable to, pray for those in in positions of authority that we may lead quiet and peaceful lives. And uh, we're definitely not going to lead quiet, peaceful lives if the pagans are in charge. Yeah. So, <laughs> no. So, so let no. that be the closing admonishment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now I'm going to leave us with our call out. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. We'll see you next time. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks for being patient.